James Comey, former FBI director, went on uh, Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace yesterday, and uh, you got to give him credit for doing that because he could have hidden after the IG report came out last week saying that the FBI that he was running sucked, in short, at what they were supposed to do. That's in short, yes. And uh, and he not only was willing to do interview, but go into uh, an unfriendly environment with one of the best, hardest interviewers that's out there in Chris Wallace. Um, I thought Jim Comey was way out of bounds and, and, and was saying that before any of the Trump stuff, when he just did the Hillary thing. I thought, that that's what's crazy. Yeah. Why did you just give a half-hour lecture about how awful she is and then say you're not charging her? Right. What was that? It, it was hilarious <laughs> and enjoyable. <laughs> but it was wildly not the sort of thing the FBI does. I mean, to an astonishing degree. Yeah. Listen, this person we're not going to charge, I want to tell you about them. <laughs> they don't do that. No. And shouldn't. No. Um, well, again, it was fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but so he's being questioned about, uh, you know, I assume you've heard the story by now, all the sloppiness or um, or worse. Bias. Maybe, bias. Maybe it was on purpose. The way the FBI handled investigating the Trump campaign and were, were able to lie, it looks to me, to get warrants and all this sort of stuff. And Chris Wallace laid it out, all the examples, the 17 glaring errors and all the different things the FBI uh, did wrong with James Comey yesterday. Did you know all of this? All of what? Everything that we're talking about here. Did you know that, in fact, the Steele report was the key for probable cause? Did you know that the FBI had talked to the Russian contact and he said what Steele said he had he had uh, told him was not true? Did you know this? You're the FBI director. First, again, the report will speak for itself. I don't believe the FBI concluded that Steele's reporting was bunk after talking to a subsource. But no, I didn't. As the director, you're not kept informed on the details of an investigation. So no, in general, I didn't know what they'd learned from the subsource. I didn't know the particulars of the investigation. But this isn't some investigation, sir. This is an investigation of the campaign of the man who is the president of the United States. You've just been through a firestorm investigating Hillary Clinton. I would think if I were in your position, I would have been on that, uh, you know, like a like a junkyard dog. I would have wanted to know everything they were doing in investigating the Trump campaign. Yeah, that's not the way it works, though. As as a director sitting on top of an organization of thirty eight thousand people, you can't run an investigation that's seven layers below you. You have to leave it to the career professionals to do, to the special agents who do this for their lives. And if a director tries to run an investigation, it it'll get mucked up in all different kinds of ways, right. given his or her responsibilities and the impossibility of reaching the work that's being done at the lower level i should have been taking notes there was so much bull crap in there i mean I, i've got to work through my memory first of all we'll start at the end you can't as the director run the investigation nobody's asking you to run it can you monitor it because it's so incredibly important and sensitive or can you have one of your deputies monitor it carefully and report to you nobody's asking you to run it jimmy and and the earlier thing i mean and he he got away with this is uh, to claim that, well, I don't think the inspector general said that the Steele dossier was junk. I mean, just he made claims. You found the source of those claims. That source said, oh, no, 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 we were just bull-assing in a bar. I, I was joking about most of that stuff. That's not real. 
that didn't arouse in you any curiosity about the rest of the dossier. You didn't think, sweet mother of God, we've put something in front of a judge that now the primary sources are telling us they made up. You think, I don't think that showed that it was bunk. How can you say that with a straight face? And this is the FISA court. This is a court that allows the government to spy on its own citizens in a, in a way that can happen in no other circumstance in America. It is it is considered anathema for the government to do this unless they get very special permission. And, God, he's full of crap. Well, and uh, it's a good one to say. I, I monitor the cases of 38,000 employees. Oh, come on. <laughs> Maybe the biggest thing the FBI has ever done in its history. Right. Spying on a president. And that's just another case. I mean, I can't be, you know, micromanaging every 38,000 employees. We have I mean, lots of cases. It happens seven layers below me. Throwing, yeah, that's just. Well, then that's incompetence. Oh, I'd you say. Get, you get your biggest client around here guess what the top person around here knows about the biggest client in the building they don't treat it like every single other client and they wouldn't say well i can't i got got 25 salespeople and a thousand clients i can't be into no you know about the big car dealer who spends the most money or whatever in your business whatever it is in your business obviously that's the case that's that's just what a load of crap that is um uh sure sure the the other part and this just occurred to me having watched the whole interview yesterday so if he's going with the the sloppy incompetence argument, because that's what he's arguing. Right. Did either, you know all of this? All of what? <laughs> it's either gross, awesome. according to the inspector general, it was either gross incompetence or bias. Well, yeah, we got to play that because he, dis- he disputes that as the two choices, even though that's Well, not obvious. exactly. That's obviously he the only two choices. In, well, we'll listen to but it. But so yeah. if you're going to go with the, it's just sloppiness or bias, how is he not madder about this? He should sound as the FBI director. People were making mistakes, violating people's constitutional rights. That should not happen. I'm outraged that people, I mean, no, nothing. Well, he used his mildly adamant voice. Is I'm very concerned about this. No, I think they anybody, need to look into it. No, anybody should be fired. No, this is just. No, no. you're shocked. No, you feel betrayed <laughs> because you trusted none, none of that. No, we need to look into this. This is serious. He basically, yeah, agree. basically goes with this. Is, this is kind of how the FBI operates. Just kind of sloppy and half-assed. It's just kind of the way we do things. Surprised you didn't know that. Uh, should we play the other clip? Yeah, give me the. Uh, I love, I love the loyalness of his uh, response to the. Uh, was it gross incompetence or bias? He was asked how he explains it. Horowitz, here he is. It's unclear what the motivations were. On the one hand, gross incompetence, negligence. On the other hand, intentionality. Gross negligence, or they intended to do it. They intended to lie to the FISA court. You, you were in charge during a lot of this, sir. Yeah, and in fact, you, you signed the FISA applications. Sure, I think I signed at least two or three of them. He doesn't conclude that there was intentional misconduct by these career special agents. No, he, he just says doesn't. it's one of two things and he can't decide. Gross negligence or it was intentional misconduct. Well, That's read, what he said. I've read his report. He says, I, we are not concluding that there was intentional misconduct by FBI. Did you hear person. what he just said here? I did. I don't know the context of that. I've read he was it. asked specifically, how do you explain it? And he said, gross negligence or intentionality. 
Yeah, well, I'm sorry. He doesn't find intentionality, but that doesn't make it any less important. As director, you are responsible for this. Wow. I was responsible for this, and if I were still there, I'd be doing what Chris Ray is doing, is figuring out, so how did this happen, and is it systemic? Because that's the scariest thought. Is if, that you, if you were still there, and all of this came out, and it turned out it happened on your watch, would you resign? No, I don't think so. There were mistakes I consider more consequential than this during my tenure. There were more consequential mistakes during your tenure than falsifying documents to spy on a president. Well, I'd like to hear what those were. The brief list? Do we have time? Go ahead. Start. To... But so you're making the argument, no, no, this this level of sloppiness and violating people's rights, this happens all the time. Bigger than this. Oh, please. Well, what I, are you wasting I, our time for, Chris? That's your best argument? Boy, in the idea that, well, they, he did not conclude it was an intentionality. Well, it's either gross incompetence or intentionality. Which one is it? Well, he didn't. He didn't prove it was incompetence. So, so that makes you which one incompetent? <laughs> Both? Is that what you're saying? That's your defense. Well, Did I... you know all of this? All of what? <laughs> <laughs> what we've been talking about? That is that. That is the funniest. Oh, one. he is but such a slick operator. He's pretty good. But um, I like so Chris Wallace plays the clip, and then he kind of denies the clips, everything that's in the clip. And then, what well, did you just heard the clip? Yeah, I don't know the context of that. <laughs> well, what do you mean you don't know the context? I just told you the context. It's the Inspector General <laughs> testifying before Congress. What more context do you he need? He was asked, how do you explain what happened? That's the only context. Well, I don't know the context of that statement. <laughs> All of what? I think I think I learned, you know, I try not to end up in situations where I need to do this. But if I ever need to obfuscate, I'm going to learn from James Comey because he he's maybe the best ever. Wow. You don't pick up your kid three days in a row from school. Are you incompetent or are you intentionally leaving him alone at school? Well, there's been no finding of intentionality. Well, are you just out of your mind then? There's been no finding of intentionality. What kind of answer is that? Well, it's an extremely lawyerly, slick operator answer. You know, it's interesting. Comey is quite a study. I'm not sure if there will be a... Uh, an authoritative book written about him or what, but I oh, know he's, he thinks he's going to write the authoritative book on him. That's right. And he's and it, never told a story that he is not the yeah. hero of, as they say. He he was extremely popular in the rank and file of the FBI, and I get it because he was, you know, a player's coach, as they say in the sports business. He really made everybody feel good. He's classy. He's elegant. He's intelligent. He's positive and, and the rest of it. But they lost all their games. He, he, and he clearly was going to back them no matter what. I mean, because right. this was just, people should, I don't know, 10, 15, however many people involved should lose their jobs. They certainly shouldn't be FBI agents anymore. Right. Right. Over that. And he didn't have anything to say about that. But you're right. Well, you, you destroyed the reputation of the FBI for generations to come. So good job with that. There was no finding of intentionality. Yeah. Galling. Nauseating. Did you know all of this? All of what? No, all of what? Which is almost like a comedy routine. Do we have any more clips? The stuff Do we have I any? just said that we were just with the, ah. <laughs> well, and then they they played a, a little compare and contrast of what he said about the FISA court uh, process versus what the inspector general said, and he finally admitted I was overconfident in the process. I admit that. Um, we also got this. I thought was good. Good. Would you agree that? The FISA court was also given false information by the FBI. I think that's fair. The yeah, I think <laughs> that's I think, fair. I think the, it's fair. So the FBI agents lied 
to the FISA court to get a warrant to spy on somebody. Yeah, I think a that's A presidential accurate. campaign. I, I, I think that's, that's I more think or less that's correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Would you like some more coffee, Chris, while I'm getting mine? And, and what? That's right. a big deal! Well, I can't be managing, I can't be running an investigation seven layers below thousand employees. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me the governor of your state walks into the hospital, hospital administrator says, or the GM says, uh, I can't be doing patient admittance. That's eight layers below me. You think that guy running that hospital doesn't know the friggin' governor walked in? You think James Comey had no way to monitor surveillance of a presidential campaign? Well, that's not the way it works with an agency of 38,000 people. That's just, you know what that is? That's what comes out of a bull's anus. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's what that oh, is. I get it. Oh. And the American people deserve, <laughs> Michael gets it. The, do do not interrupt my rants, Michael. The American people deserve better than that. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to get it. Uh, more on this on the way. Did you know all of this? All of what? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Would you agree that the FISA court was also given false information by the FBI? I think that's fair. The FBI should have included, or at least pushed to the lawyers so they could make a decision, information that you just said, things like that, that the, another agency had not a source relationship, but some kind of contact relationship. Okay. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that's fair. They probably should have pushed that information, like the whole, the Steele dossier is crap, and Carter Page is already working with the CIA. And so his meeting with Russians isn't weird at all. The CIA knows about it. So probably should have pushed that forward. Yeah. yeah so did you, did you fake up all the evidence to convict that young black man of that crime? I think that's fair. That's essentially what he said. Was there some truth to it? Yeah, probably, but... That's just astonishing. Yeah. And with a straight face, I think that's fair. Um, You've just admitted to playing fast and loose with one of the most important, controversial, historical investigations in the history of the FBI. I think that's fair. Oh, yeah. Dude's slick, though, man. If I ever do something unforgivable, I'm going to send James Comey oh, out yeah, to the no Gable News for me. No kidding. So you spent the family's money, all of it's gone now. On magic beans. On hookers and blow. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's a fair characterization. I think that's fair. Yes, supporting um, <laughs> some of the, uh, the sex workers of America and uh, the pharmaceutical trade. I think that's fair. The money would have been better invested in, um, in, our, in our home and, uh, and uh, the future. You liquidated the entire <laughs> retirement account. Well, listen, I can't uh, be micromanaging every dime. Um, of the retirement account every minute. That's what James Comey would say. Here's a good headline for you. Anyone expecting February's Iowa caucuses to add a little clarity to the Democratic race might want to adjust those expectations. As the Des Moines Register reports today, new rules this year make it possible that three different candidates could emerge claiming to be the winner. Here's the short version of the explanation. Or from Iowa? From Iowa, yeah. Wow. 
The state Democratic Party will, for the first time, be disclosing raw vote totals from the caucuses. The longer explanation involves understanding an arcane way of the state caucuses. But anyway, there'll oh. be three three people could claim they won Iowa. It's almost like the Electoral College. If you win a giant county, you'll have more votes than if, say, Pete Buttigieg won three small counties. So I don't know how their system works exactly, but... You know who's the forgotten candidate in all this? Joe Smith. Some would say Biden in that he continues, despite everything, to be, you know, well well ahead in a lot of places. But Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders is Mm. basically tied for first in Iowa, basically tied for first in New Hampshire, and he's, uh, you know, in the top couple in the national polls this whole time. He could win Iowa and New Hampshire. Easily. I heard something this morning. I was reminded of something this morning that I found absolutely nuts um, on that topic. And that's there were a number of places where Trump won big. But it showed that if Bernie had been on the t- on the ballot instead of Trump, Bernie would have won. That doesn't surprise me. Bernie you. has a, a, a lot of appeal to a lot of Trump voters. Yeah. Because he's a turn the thing on its head guy, yeah. too. Yeah. It's Elizabeth Warren is overeducated, pretentious white women in suburbs, virtually exclusively. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, the Supreme Court decision on the bum explosion is shocking many today. It's horrific. Yeah. It is, it's devastating. And Harvey Weinstein's bizarre reading of his own character coming up. Did you say overeducated women? Yeah. Overeducated. Too much. Interesting. No less. Armstrong. So Chuck Schumer has asked Mitch McConnell that they begin the Senate trial of the president on January 6th when we come back to work. And I think a lot of the world comes back to the work. There you go. Very convenient for me. Uh, Start off the new year right with a useless exercise (laughs) in politics. Uh, News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the Supreme Court has refused to hear a major case on homelessness, letting stand a ruling that protects homeless people's right to sleep on the sidewalk or in public parks if no other shelter is available. The justices, without any comment or dissent, said they would not hear the case from Boise, Idaho, which challenged a ruling by a federal appeals court. Hasn't that just created a constitutional right to shelter? That That is what progressives are pushing for. Like the mayor of Sacramento, Daryl Steinberg, has said, this is clearly the trend, and we need to work harder to make sure there's a bed for everyone. The outcome, a significant victory for homeless activists and a setback for city officials in California and other western states who've been arguing the appeals court ruling undercuts their authority to regulate encampments on the sidewalks. The ruling by the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals applies across several western states where, as we've mentioned, cities are struggling with homelessness brought on by any number of conditions. Now, one of the many cities impacted by this ruling, Santa Rosa, California, where over 300 people have set up a homeless camp on a popular trail in a mile-long sprawl of tents that have stymied local authorities as far as cleaning them up. Since the appeals court ruling went into place, it's prevented the police from removing any of them. 
300 people living in a tent city there. Has there ever been in the history of the world something like this? It's extraordinary. Where you allow uh, scary, dangerous people to take over your spaces and you retreat. I'm not going to go over there and sit on that hill and look at the sunset or whatever because those scary, dangerous people have decided it's theirs. Only in, like, a failed narco state or something like that. Because they got guns and they would beat you in a battle. Right. Not willingly just said, well, I guess there's nothing we can do. No, it is unprecedented. I mean, the refugee camps, I guess, would be the closest parallel. Meanwhile, weeks of congressional hearings and debate have really failed to move the electorate on impeachment. That's according to the latest Fox News poll. Currently, you got 45% of voters approving of the job that Trump is doing, up from 42% in late October. Over, over half, rather, 53% disapprove. Now, this is the same uh, ratings that the president had almost exactly uh, at the beginning of the year. 43% then approved and 54% disapproved in January. So the poll also found 50% want Trump impeached and removed. 41% oppose impeaching him altogether. And in late October, 49% favored impeachment and 41% opposed impeachment. Whose it poll has, is that? This is a Fox News poll. Yeah, that's the highest number for impeach, don't impeach. I've seen a nine-point yep. spread in favor lately. Yep. That's atypical. Yeah. So Fox Fix News. Oh, that was bad for the president. Sorry. Never mind. <laughs> so I think we should do on Friday, among other things, yeah. uh, uh, some predictions for the new year, or, no. maybe, or maybe the new decade. Oh no, no chaos. I predict chaos. Chaos and ugliness. Flying here's, cars. Here's one prediction. That <laughs> this is my like my outlier uh, outlier. Um, uh, what would you call it? This is like my Hail Mary prediction. Mm. I think this is a serious possibility. It's not the most likely thing, but I think it's a serious possibility. Trump does something that gets him impeached again. I had a discussion via text with a friend <laughs> of mine. He gets impeached twice in one term. <laughs> this buddy of mine was predicting three to five times. And I said, no, no, there's no way that would happen. The Democratic Party would cease to exist. I said, but I could believe a second one. I could believe one more impeachment before election. Actually, I think that's probably the prohibitive favorite. It's hard to picture going another four and a half years Without the Democrats finding something else they hate so much, they try it again. That'd be something, man. What a hoot that would be. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Harvey Weinstein uh, may stand accused of sexually harassing and even raping more than 80 women over a period of decades. But 80 raped 80 women. Well, sexually harassed or raped. Or raped. But he sees, he himself sees things very differently. Apparently, Weinstein thinks he deserves credit. For doing more for women in the industry than any other filmmaker. In what can only be described as a very bizarre interview with the New York Post ahead of his rape trial, the disgraced mogul complains that his work has been forgotten. Despite many of the allegations dating back at least 30 years, Weinstein says he wants the city to recognize him for who he was, not who he's become. In his mind, he... Who he's become? He's been raping women for decades. That's what they're saying. In his mind, he pioneered female representation in Hollywood all those years ago before, in his words, it became vogue. He's a man who's cracking. He's realizing it's all over. He's probably going to go to prison forever. His legacy is as a rapist. Everything he built 
for being, you know, one of the biggest names in the history of cinema. All gone. Mm-hmm. It, it, he'll only be remembered as a, a rapist. I saw his quote where he said, I feel like a forgotten man. Yeah. You what? should wish. What? Forgotten would be good news. Yes. How do you get into some sort of self-pity about your place in, in, the, in the history of fame? When you're being accused of right. raping women for decades. Oh, you know, some, wow. some of the sidebar on that uh, deal, uh, they worked out to pay off a number of the women. $25 million deal to settle claims with a number yeah. of the women. Well, at Harvey Weinstein was not any of his money. It was insurance money. And apparently part of that deal, he gets a million dollars back. Maybe <gasps> cover his legal fees. Wow. This is just such a bizarre uh, settlement. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. What an awful human being. And everybody knew about it and let it go. So what are you going to do? I feel like civilization is crumbling. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> the court's ruling. Oh, the oh, homeless yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, we got this note from uh, what, JP, and I can go through it maybe tomorrow. Um, and he's saying the Boise case does not preclude moving the homeless. In fact, we currently move them. Um, blah blah blah, and then and then he goes on to say Prop Forty Seven in California, which reduced like lots and lots of crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. That's not an excuse either, since misdemeanors are punishable by, I believe, one year in jail or a fine. Well, it's up to one year in jail, and nobody ever prosecutes misdemeanors. So, JP, with all due respect, and I appreciate the the article and the citations of the decision and the link, and I'll take a, a serious look at it. You're 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 making the mistake of mistaking de jure for de facto on the streets. What language the, was that? What the law versus what's actually happening in reality on the streets, the cops feel powerless because the homeless have these advocate attorneys that won't let them do anything. Do you see a lot of homeless people being busted for drug use, for public crapping, for littering? Do you? I don't. Because they know it'd be a waste of time and get tossed out or never be prosecuted. This this decision was not of minor significance. The, the, it was it was much larger than it would appear from the you know the specific verbiage. It is the question of: Do the people of a city own its public spaces, or do the bums and junkies who just move in? And the court in in letting the Ninth Circuit Court decision stand have ruled: the bums and junkies own it, and yeah. there's virtually nothing you can do about it. A property owner speaking right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he owns a quadrant of the park, and if your kid goes over there, if the the junkie finds him sexually attractive or thinks he may have a few bucks on him or whatever, or is just angry and looking for somebody to beat down, that's what's going to happen. Welcome to the park. Your tax dollars paid for. Um, got a message for uh, some of our more annoying listeners. I've got. To, well, I got a couple uh, of messages. Throw, throw that yeah. out. <laughs> Before we get to the end of the show, because it keeps popping up on the text line. Do I have to hit the delay? No. Text line 415-295-KFTC. We'll end strong on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Malakalikimaka is a thing to say. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. IHOP has opened a new casual version of their restaurant called Flipped. 
Because who hasn't walked into a regular IHOP and thought, well, this is just way too formal. I haven't been in an IHOP in years. Too many, oh, too so many foreigners. So good. Whole international house. Uh, yeah, From but, whole countries. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> back when we had kids, though, we did. Oh, yeah. 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 First of all, it's cheap. And, yeah. Delicious. Mm. I think their pancakes You're are really hard good. Of tasting. You're not an there, authority. There are other stuff. No I offense. There are other stuff I don't think's that good, but their pancakes I think are really good. You know, any place that can screw up a pancake, that's a low friggin' bar, man. Oh yeah, I realize. Oh, that. that's the lowest bar. I won't eat anything there other than the pancakes. Mm. I toast. I might eat toast. Yeah, that's a pretty low bar too. Not yeah, it is. How about hash browns? I've had hash browns that weren't so great there. That is a fairly low bar. <laughs> we went to one of those kind of places yesterday, me and the boys, and uh, they eat so much more than they used to. Mm. I just got to I gotta order more food. Yeah. Always, I, I order their old little kid amounts, and they, they're still hungry. I have to order more food. Whoa. <laughs> I asked Henry. I said he wanted more bacon. Said I, I said, I'll find the waiter. I don't remember what he looks like. He said he's the creepy-looking guy. <laughs> he didn't notice what he looked like. <laughs> He was kind of creepy looking. Oh, boy. Um, Imagine that at the, <laughs> at the uh, hop. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, I just want this as a message to, to some of our listeners. One, I don't want to hear about it. Two, nobody wants to hear about it. So I'm just I'm giving a tip as a friend. Nobody's interested in this conversation. The idea that the decade doesn't actually end this year. Oh. And the new yeah. decade doesn't start till 21. That's cool that you think that, and I understand you're thinking, but nobody wants to hear that, all right? So just keep it to yourself. You're not making any friends when you throw that into a conversation at work. All right? Nobody, yeah, nobody enjoys that conversation no, no. in the slightest. And every single person reacts to it as, oh, my God, you're that person. <laughs> just really, it's seriously, it's so. like something your parents teach you as you're growing up. You know, it's it's best not to break wind in uh, private in company. You know, okay, it's unless just, you're at the IHOP. <laughs> no, we're, just, we're just giving the IHOP a kick in today. Oh, I tell you what, these <laughs> these hash browns. <laughs> oh my god, come on! I like the IHOP just for the, the direction, and, and it's it's good solid food. We went to the sure all, it is when they're having one of your all you can eat. We took my buddy Stephen. He ate fifteen pancakes. That's a good number. That's a good number. That's a lot of pancakes. And it's eaten quite a bit. As soon as they brought the plate, he'd order the next one. No plate! Because uh, <laughs> that's the that's how they try to get you at all you can eat if you've ever done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they, they slow plate. Yeah, because they think you're going to start to feel full and won't be able to eat until you make yourself sick. Because you're waiting to see if you are full like an idiot. No, and that way when you order, when you order the re-up right when you get your first re-up, then they know, oh... We're losing money on this one. Yeah. We, we got uh, a player. Again, it's because they're internationals. They don't understand. This is the most obese country on earth, and we're <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> I'm going to make you second guess your all you can eat policy. Yes. Right. Uh, I want no to mention profit this. today, suckers. So I got a, a friend. His wife is a teacher, and apparently his neighbor is a teacher also. And he texted me. He said, My teacher neighbor says kids just walk out of her class because they know she can't get in trouble and do anything about it. Blanking chaos. I said, yeah, I'm aware of a child. I won't be more specific than that, so I don't cause any problems. But I'm aware of a child who says, kids just talk in class while the teacher's teaching. And the teacher says, I need you to pay attention and be quiet. But they don't, and he doesn't do anything. Right. Because that's just the new rules. I mean, that has been the way for a while, particularly in California, where they passed 
new laws just recently. Right. You can't discipline kids for practically anything. Mm-hmm. And, kind of and similar... especially if they're minority children, because you will have a heap load of paperwork. And I was blown away by that. You can just talk to your friend while the teacher is teaching something. And ignore them when they tell you to stop right. talking. Well, they just outlawed being suspended, was it, for yeah. open insubordination? Yeah. And so according to this particular teacher, I suppose when you get older, you move on to the from the talking to just getting up and walking out. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. bored with this. I'm leaving. Right. How do you expect to run a school like that? And then if you don't give them a B or higher, you'll have another stack of paperwork. Right? How, do you, how do you expect to run a school like that? And you know who really suffers, obviously, is the... The kids are actually, you know, obedient and trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, there is an undeniable trend toward lawlessness, particularly in your blue states, blue cities. An, an absolute undeniable trend toward lawlessness so nobody has anything mean happen to them. And listen, there are plenty of examples historically, regionally, whatever, through America, where there is plenty of law and order and not so much civil rights and decency. Absolutely true. But it's the Joe Getty guardrail theory of civilization. We veer from one guardrail to the other one. And we hit a sweet spot briefly, as we say, careen from right to left. But we pass it in the blink of an eye and then go way too far left. God, the idea of just ignoring the teacher. No, I'm going to talk to my friend. Do yeah, whatever you want You shut up. Yeah, Unbelievable. And civilization will break down, or at least the civilization of that classroom. The educational opportunity will break down. God, that's horrifying. I, I know. I, you know I'd, if I can make the money work, I would do what some people have done and start a, a new line of private schools that are not necessarily religion-based, but you know principles-based. And if you want to toe the line, you can come here. If you don't, then go. Um, maybe I'll just throw my support behind some existing ones. So, because I feel bad, there are plenty of people who cannot afford fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year for their second grader, right? And 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 they shouldn't have to, but their societies betrayed them for reasons that are fairly complex. I don't know. This is a downer show. That reminds me. I if you saw... want me to go home again? I'll go home. Did you see LeBron's <laughs> kid uh, over the weekend? No, I saw the headline playing though. in the high school game. So LeBron was there on the sidelines. Which was a little pompous, in my opinion, to be walking up and down the sidelines and out on the court because you're the famous dad. But I'm sure oh, a lot of the dads would like to do that. But So he's not one of the coaches or anything? No, he's just oh, there to watch right. his son play. But um, uh, uh, what was my point? Oh, his kid goes to a private school. It's $15,000 a year for his ninth grader. Yeah, not everybody can afford that. Final thoughts with A&G. Yeah! yeah. Here's your host, Joe Getty. You kind of jumped the gun there. Can we try that again? <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? All right. Well, if you're giving all your rich friends IHOP gift cards or Sears gift cards, get them shipped out now because weather conditions can slow the shipping. That's right. Hey, you know, that's an excellent tip, Michael. Thank you. Positive Sean, our producer, final thought? Oh, yeah. Just under or just barely over a week until Christmas, which means it's time to start the Christmas shopping. <laughs> Wish me luck, everybody. <laughs> It's crowded out there. Oh, man, yeah. Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. I got to tell you, I finished my Christmas shopping yesterday at a clean, well-lit convenience store. Scratchers for everyone. It was very simple, easy to do. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Low amount of eye talk today, and I'm hoping that will continue throughout the week. I really found that kind of refreshing. Not that much about the old the eye, you know what I'm saying? Mm. 
Uh, yeah, my final thought is uh, the holiday the, uh, traffic and, and hustle and bustle is just astonishing. I was reminded I have to leave the radio ranch by a different route this time of year because I can't make the turn I need to take anymore. Judy was in stop-and-go traffic in a place that never has stop-and-go traffic on a Saturday afternoon recently. It's good for the economy, I guess, but Santa, it's a pain in the hiney. Yeah, I actually said that to my wife. We were someplace, and it was similar. Like, how could it be crowded here? And I said, I guess this is what a a great economy looks like at Christmas time. Yeah. Because it was just insane. Yeah, yep. I guess it's good. Better economy means more traffic, you know, 365 days a year, but especially this time of year. i got to avoid eating out until the the end of the holiday season, because that just, you want a time suck. Try to eat anywhere with the line and uh, just so crowded. My new jihad might be decoupling Christmas from gift giving. I think it'd be good for the, uh, good for the soul. There you go. Your like parents it. should start. <laughs> Armstrong, after your kids are raised, you're <laughs> right. going to do that. Yes. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We have all the uh, the clicks for you. We have great Armstrong and Getty swag, the Extra Large One More Thing podcast. Email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say what that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> That's If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Did you know all of this? All of what? Armstrong and Getty.